Collins of Germany or no France. Again. Um, there's a perception that there is a war against farmers as a result of you know, the inevitable result of the net zero policy. Very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. This must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C. and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. That's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to the Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. And uh, just got to say, the mainstream media is legacy media at this point. It's legacy. It is gone. And new media is the future. And, you know, Benny Johnson... Uh, whose show I, I really enjoy and uh, who's really well-funded is is one thing, but Tucker Carlson's network, the new network, TCN, is another. So listen to this. On average, per night, Fox gets about hundred or 1.85 million views. MSNBC gets about 1.22 million views. CNN gets 582,000 views. Do you know, we get probably on every one of the shows we do, we get about 100,000 uh, listens and downloads and listens and, and things like that. And the, the you know where we syndicate through, like, like our main syndication is in Philly with uh, um, Terrestrial uh, with uh, 1180 WFYL. And uh, so we, we get a good listen rate. We, and our numbers have grown through the years. But Tucker Carlson, the interview with Putin already received like 100. I spoke to somebody uh, over the Super Bowl. And I spoke to him and, and he said that Tucker Carlson's interview got over a billion, one billion it reached one billion with a B as in boy billion uh, through different translations and, and around the world. Everybody wanted to hear what Putin had to say because he he had been censored by the power elite in the West. So 
you deny somebody, you cut, you cut them off, you cut them off, you cut off their water, and they're going to be thirsty. And it's the same thing. So Matt Gates is calling now for the UN to be defunded immediately. I agree. I think we should defund the WHO, the UN. I think we should defund CDC. You want to talk about getting your deficit right. You want to talk about getting your budget right and reducing the debt. We don't need the Department of Education. It's a union to indoctrinate your kids. We don't need the Department of Energy. Just make energy private. Private commerce. Private commerce. We don't need the Department of... um, We don't need the IRS. It's almost an illegal thing that they're doing. Minimal IRS. Call it by a different name, but get rid of it. And there are a lot of government uh, departments and agencies that should be shut down. Way too many employees in the government. Way too many. Cut the CIA. They're they're doing nothing but bad things. USAID, cut that. Stop giving money to uh, endless wars. Just stop. Don't give any more money to Ukraine or to Hamas. And don't unfreeze and give money to Iran. Just stay out of these foreign wars that never end. It's only fuel for the military-industrial complex. Hans Mahaki says, this is wild. Fanny Willis alleged, allegedly gave access to Michael Isakoff. Michael Isakoff and David Korn were the people, the two journal, so-called journalists. Michael Isakoff wrote for Yahoo News. David Korn wrote for Mother Jones. And together, they pushed the Russian hoax. So there were the Russiagate hoaxers. They wrote a book and everything about it. (laughs) Complete hoaxers. Of all things to do with her Trump investigation, including Fannie Willis. Exclusive access to thousands of secret documents. So Fannie Willis was working with Michael Isakoff to manufacture a crime against Trump. They caught her (laughs) red-handed. Wow. I mean, the hubris. These people just keep getting new gigs, like like Mark, Mark Elias. Most corrupt lawyer on the planet. Keeps getting recycled into new operations to... Screw America. So Republicans need to be aware that this bill, supported by Mitch McConnell and almost all of the Senate GOP leadership, sets in motion the next hyper-partisan Trump impeachment before he's even elected. (coughs) Okay? So J.D. Vance called this out. And he said, 
the below memo says there's a memo to everyone of my Republican colleagues in Congress. Buried in the bill's text to finance Ukraine is an impeachment bomb, an impeachment time bomb for the next Trump presidency if he tries to stop funding the war in Ukraine. So in the bill that they're trying to push, that Mitch McConnell is trying to push, if you try to stop funding Ukraine, you'll get impeached. How does that sound? So basically, there's so much money, money laundering going on that they're saying, we may not be able to stop the next president, but what we're going to try to do is make it so we can impeach him if he tries to stop funding, lining our pockets with greasy money. You know, palm greasing, that kind of thing. And there are so many Republicans that voted for this. 18 senators, in fact, Republicans, voted yay to cloture on the Ukraine bill to advance the foreign aid package that basically lines their pockets with money. Remember I told you the money goes out to Ukraine with strings attached. They're told you have to use these organizations and the organizations are all within the beltway as consulting groups and advisors to to tell them how they spend their money that we're giving them. And part of that involves millions if not billions of dollars like the West Exec Group which is founded by Blinken or the Carlisle Group and they're all using lobbyists to donate campaign funds for specific political operatives or political candidates and incumbents. How can they lose when they have such a financial advantage? They don't have to fundraise ever again thanks to the Ukraine bill, right? So Capito from West Virginia, Cassidy from Louisiana, Collins from Maine, Cornyn from Texas, Ernst from Iowa, Grassley from Iowa, Kennedy from Louisiana, McConnell from Kentucky, Mitch, Cocaine Mitch, Moran from Kansas, Mullen from Oklahoma, Murkowski from Alaska, Romney from Utah. It's always the usual, same usual suspects. <clears throat> Rounds from South Dakota, Sullivan from Alaska, Thune from South Dakota, Tillis from North Carolina, Wicker from Mississippi, and Young from Indiana. All support money laundering through Ukraine. So National Review wrote this. They said, the U.S. is headed towards a $5 trillion fiscal cliff at the end of 2025. Neither party is taking the problem seriously. I said, oil, 
plus shutting down the IRS, Department of Education, Department of Energy, CDC, defunding the WHO, defunding UN, defunding NATO, restoring manufacturing, closing the border, and zero aid to Hamas, Ukraine, will be a long way, will go a long way toward fiscal responsibility. Do you agree? I agree. Because I wrote it. So the female shooter in Texas, the megachurch, ID'd. And that person is a free Palestine, uh, had on their gun, free Palestine was written on, I don't know, it says her, but I think it's a he. Because the person in that pulled the trigger was born in a biological male, yet identified as a female. And so, naturally, the Houston Police Department decided to respect that, what they identified as. But the sad truth is, <clears throat> is that so many of these shooters are all Democrats. Okay, like, for example... Uvalde, Buffalo, Boulder, Orlando, Parkland, Nashville, Las Vegas, Sandy Hook, San Bernardino, Midland, Odessa, Colorado Springs, Poway Synagogue, Tree of Life Synagogue, Lewiston, Maine. They all used AR-15s. Now, the libtard that wrote this doesn't realize that an AR-15 is no more automatic than a 9mm gun, a Glock 17, or a handgun. They all think it stands for automatic rifle. Of course, it's Armalite rifle. It's a brand. Just like automatic Kalashnikov is AK, right? It's a brand. But they're semi-automatic, and so is a pistol. Like a Glock 17 or any other gun, kind of gun that has a multiple bullets in the chamber isn't semi-automatic. So the response to that, which was this person was saying, they all used AR-15s, we have to ban AR-15s. And this other person responds and says, Uvalde, Buffalo, Boulder, or, you know, goes down the same list, says they're all Democrat. They're all Democrats. Furthermore, furthermore, they're, they're, they're also trans. Denver, Nashville, Aberdeen, Philadelphia, Colorado, and Lakewood Church were trans Democrats. Ban Democrats, not guns. Blame Democrats, not guns. That's what you should do. So you got this guy. Guy from uh, Houston. I guess he's a police chief. Let's take a listen. So glad to see the Houston police focus on the important things like which pronouns to use for the mentally ill Texas church shooter. 
She has utilized both male and female names, but through all of our investigation to this point, talking with individuals, interviews, documents, Houston Police Department reports, she has been identified this entire time as female, she, her, and so uh, we are identifying her as Genesee Moreno, Hispanic female. There were two weapons. So stupid, right? So the LGBTQ Texas church shooter was a migrant from El Salvador. It has a long criminal history dating back to 2005 and was also a Bernie Sanders supporter. Had a Free Palestine sticker on the gun, on his gun, and identified as transgender. The story is going to disappear really fast. According to Libs of TikTok. The police have identified the person who opened fire at Joel Osteen's megachurch in Houston yesterday. William Lajeunesse is on this for us. William, what exactly are we learning? So we just got a hold of the search warrant and can confirm that the shooter is identified as a 36-year-old Genesee Yvonne Moreno. She had been born a man, Jeffrey Escalante, from El Salvador and has a lengthy criminal record. Now, according to the search warrant from Montgomery County, she pointed an AR-15 at the officers, off-duty officers who were in the church at the time, and she they fired upon her, killed her, and was considered in self-defense. Also, you know, there was word that they, uh, the woman had claimed that she had a bomb and she had a backpack. They checked that out. Turned out it wasn't true. But according to the search warrant, she was in possession of a yellow color rope and substances consistent with the manufacture of explosives. They thought that was a detonation cord. Uh, they looked into it and it turned out not to be the case. We're also hearing from local reports that the five-year-old who was with this woman um, is likely not to make it. Um, this The five-year-old boy has been in critical condition, and according to the Houston Chronicle, it doesn't appear that that individual is going to make it. A 57-year-old man was also shot in this altercation at Lakewood Church um, there in Houston, uh, which, of course, is uh, operated by celebrity pastor uh, Joel Osteen. Uh, that individual, uh, the 57-year-old man, he's going to be okay. He was shot in the leg. But the information we're getting now, we've seen um, a a lengthy criminal record on this individual. Again, um, as a man, he had a lengthy record um, of assaulting a police officer, um, marijuana. um, Also, I've got a lengthy record here of several different offenses uh, over over about the past since 2005. So that's what we got from the, here, and a uh, news conference is scheduled to begin at 2.30 Eastern, and we should get more information. Yeah, among Thank the you. most serious, the 2009 assault uh, of a police officer in Houston, William, 2010 forgery, most recently, 2022, a misdemeanor weapons charge for unlawful carrying a weapon. Uh, William Lajones, as you mentioned, 2.30, we're going to get an update from the police there, and we'll certainly take that live. Did you some, have something to add? Well, no, just only on the AR-15, he had written, scrawled, Free Palestine. Yes, a big (laughs) and growing part of that story. And, William, um, we have the picture now um, of this suspect up on the screen. All right, so it's a freak freak show over there in Houston. Yet they want to blame the gun, not the mentally ill people that 
America is producing, thanks to the education, Department of Education, <laughs> Vivek makes stunning prediction about Joe Biden's replacement in 2024. 2024, after federal prosecutors admit he is unfit for office, Joe Biden will not be the nominee. Well, see, the problem I have with that is Joe Biden got out of prosecution because he was mentally ill. You know, people proclaim that they're insane, right? I I lost my mind, so don't prosecute me. All right, so you're saying you're temporarily insane. That's why you committed the crime you did. We're going to test you on that. So they test people. Or are you are uh, fit to stand trial or are you insane? If you're insane, you're going to probably get out of prison time. You're going to get treatment and get to you know, hang out with a psychiatrist. But if you're not deemed to be insane, you're going to be forced to stand trial and you're going to go and be faced with jail time for your crimes. And see, the Biden crime family, they're all insane. Yeah, we know that. Hunter Biden is, you know, he's crazy as a loot, right? I mean, he's a nut job. Walking around naked, snorting cocaine, doing everything he can to make to embarrass him himself and his family. Like every single thing you could possibly imagine, Hunter Biden has done to embarrass a public family like that. So Hunter is insane, but then Joe has dementia. And so they say he's too feeble to stand trial. Well, they already, they have an interview. So now the oversight committee is trying to get the transcript on that. What did Joe Biden actually tell them? Because now we're talking about the 25th Amendment. And that's a big deal. Now, they tried to do that with Trump, but that's because they didn't like Trump ending money laundering schemes. <laughs> they wanted st- Trump to stop meddling with their business of profiting from these illegal transactions. There were money laundering schemes. Trump was disrupting the swamp. But Biden... He's getting out of prosecution because he's mentally inept, not capable. And yet he's leader of the free world right now. And they're talking about that around the world. And we're going to listen to a really long clip today of Tucker Carlson's, not not his interview with Putin, but his post-Putin interview in Dubai that happened yesterday. We're going to listen to that for the next half of our show. It's probably going to be the longest clip we've ever played. But I have to play it because it's so wonderful. But listen to this. Why it is that you think that that it's important now to to use the 25th Amendment to try and remove President Biden from office? Well, first, Trace, I just want to say President Biden needs to be charged 
or he needs to be removed from office under the 25th One Amendment. The there other. isn't a middle ground here. And as some of your prior guests have eloquently explained, you know, the prosecutor has made a reasonable case that Joe Biden and obviously stated that he actually mishandled, disclosed and improperly mm-hmm. used uh, used classified materials. He then said, but, you know, we are judging his personality and that we don't think that we can get a jury to come to a conclusion on that, which is really not the standard because he is forgetful and an old man. And he actually mm-hmm. also makes a reasonable case that Joe Biden can actually stand trial. So if yeah. he can't stand trial, he certainly can't carry out the duties of president of the United States and yeah. commander in chief of our armed forces. So that's why I think it's one or the other. You either have to prosecute him or he has to be removed under the under the 25th Amendment. That's why I sent this letter that I penned yep. this evening on the breaking news to Merrick Garland. And so uh, we appreciate you highlighting this, but this has become a long time embarrassing situation. Everyone I talk to cringes whenever we see Joe Biden uh, on on the TV and and he's struggling. He can't remember things. And it's it's, it's, it's also shocking what John Liu just pointed out, that he's been mishandling classified documents for such a long period of time. And yet there's no decision to prosecute. Yeah, so uh, you, uh, prosecutors have an ethical duty not to, you know, there is there should be equal justice under law. You cannot make sure. uh, distinctions because you don't like somebody's personality and you like and somebody else's, you know, you work for. Yeah. You talk about the letter that you wrote. You sent the letter, as you said, to the attorney general, Merrick Garland, as well as cabinet members invoking the 25th Amendment. And it reads in part, quoting here, he most assuredly lacks the ability, speaking about the president, to execute his presidential responsibilities. Accordingly, it is incumbent upon you to begin proceedings to remove the president pursuant to the 25th Amendment of the United States Constitution. President Biden needs to be charged or he needs to be removed. There is no middle ground. And what I I was captured and you just kind of alluded to that, is the fact that you're saying there is no middle ground. Either it's you you charge him with these documents or something else has to happen. But you can't say he can't go before a jury because he doesn't have the memory to do to put on a, a, a positive defense or, or a strong defense. And yet he does have the mental acuity to be in the Oval Office for five more years. Well, that's exactly it, Trace. If he's not competent to stand trial, which is a reasonable assessment, which they seem to be alluding to, the special counsel, her, then how can he be president of the United States? How can he be competent enough under the the 25th Amendment? This is exactly the moment that the 25th Amendment was created for, for someone who literally cannot carry out the responsibilities. And when you look back and see some of the sensitive documents Mm -hmm. that he's had in his flimsy garage, you know, with very little security versus what we've seen uh, President Trump holding, you know, in Mar-a-Lago with the constant Secret Service looking over it. And as you dis- as, as you distinguished before, Trace, yep. the difference between the president of the United States, who has more immunities than the vice president or a senator, those are the reasons. And that's why you can't have it one way or another. You either remove him or you, uh, you know, yeah. or you charge him. It's got to be one or the other. I I just want to play this because this is from former federal prosecutor uh, Andy McCarthy, who's a contributor for us. But he talked about the 25th Amendment today. To me, uh, I want to play that and get your quick response to this. Watch. As you read the report, I can't help but say it sure looks like there's enough here to invoke the 25th Amendment. Um, And I know that's not what, you know, what he's looking at, what his purpose is. But, you know, his fitness for office is a major issue here. 
Yeah, the, the interesting thing there is Mark Thiessen, who was down in the right-hand corner, uh, Congresswoman, his eyes kind of lit up because he knows Andy McCarthy just doesn't say things willy-nilly. Andy McCarthy is very thoughtful mm -hmm. and very thought out when he makes these kinds of comments, so it says something. Your, your final comments on this. Yeah, I agree, and I, I wish I had seen it earlier. I didn't realize that uh, Andy McCarthy had said that, but he's obviously a respected uh, legal mind. Uh, look, this is really important that people see that we treat all justice the same, uh, and, it, and it's really important that they don't see one standard for another and one for uh, another person just because, as I said, their personality or, or the position they're in, and that's what the people rely on. We rely on our equal justice, and, and that's yeah. something that is revered in our system. And so uh, I'm hoping that uh, that Merrick Garland follows through on this and talks to the cabinet officials and we and we follow through. Yeah, we will see if this gains any traction. So the person speaking there is Congresswoman uh, Claudia Tenney. And I think she's from New York. Um, but uh, yeah, this is a real deal. And I think this sort of provoked Vivek into saying this. Very bad day for President Biden. What do you think? Look, I think the number one takeaway trace is this. Joe Biden will not be the nominee. <clears throat> I said this last year. People dismissed it as some type of conspiracy theory. Today, I think it became that much more obvious. Play this out. Biden's own DOJ and special counsel is effectively releasing a report that undermines the case for him to actually be a candidate for the U.S. presidency, right as Biden's poll numbers are cratering. We have to do the math, skate to where the puck is going, mm -hmm. not fall for the deflection. But I do think what they're planning for is to sideline Biden as the nominee, trot in a different puppet instead. That's the most significant takeaway from tonight. Very bad day for President Biden. Yeah, I mean... Uh... One can only look at it like that, right? That they made a perfect case for the 25th Amendment. How in the world do you go into a political campaign where we have an election in 10 months? No, eight less, eight months. We have an election in, in very short time. And... There's a debate going on whether the person's fit for office. And it's not like because you don't like the guy. It's empirical. It's empirical data. The guy is not being prosecuted for violating records laws. He was vice president. He wasn't president. He didn't have immunity. He didn't have a Secret Service detail. He was vice president. He's not allowed to do what he did. He's dead to rights guilty. They got photographs of the ripped up boxes in his garage. And he has a crack addict son that snorts cocaine in the White House and has a profile on Pornhub. <laughs> it's absolutely incredible. There's no way that guy got 81 million votes. No way. Speaker Mike uh, Johnson has issued a statement on Joe Biden's mental fitness, a man too incapable of being held accountable for mishandling classified information is certainly unfit for the Oval Office. I mean, that is a tangible case to make, right? You got to make it. You got to ask that question. 
I said this. I said, a criminal who pleads insanity to avoid jail time is tested for his condition. The outcome will determine his ability to stand trial and face jail time or face jail time uh, and face jail time or be committed for psychiatric treatment. Biden must face prosecution or be removed from office to receive medical treatment. It has to be. So the Oversight Committee says, we are giving the Justice Department until February 19th at 5 p.m. to produce the transcript of President Biden's interview with Special Counsel Robert Herr and other documents included in the report that relate to our impeachment inquiry. Americans deserve transparency about President Biden's mental state and his mishandling of classified documents. What a great investigation during an election season. You know, talk about election interference, though. I mean, what they're doing to Donald Trump is worse. Fannie Willis, though, is going down in flames. Fannie Willis and her lover Nathan Wade, they are they are screwed because they're they said one thing during his divorce trial and they said another during this particular event where they're deflecting and de- denying and defending their ill behavior. They've been lovers since twenty twenty two. He said he never cheated on his wife in his divorce papers. Yet this collusion uh, also involves taxpayer dollars being misspent on luxury vacations at Napa Valley and cruises. So Mike Lee calls for Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell to step down from his leadership post why do you want Mitch McConnell to step down? And it was he was asked, and he says, look, Republican senators are not part of some feudal system. We each are represented to, we're, we're each representing our own states. And in occasion after occasion, bill after bill, we have seen the leadership joining the ranks with the, our Democrats. So Mitch McConnell's siding with the Democrats all the time and calling them wins. See, the only way Mitch McConnell can win is if he sides with the Democrats, who always win. So he's siding with the Democrats to win, to be a winner. Because he can't beat them, he's joining them. It's sad. But this bill, this bill to insure Ukrainian dollars, money, even if Trump is elected president, and if Trump tries to pull out of that, he can get impeached. That was buried in the text. That's what Mike Lee is talking about. So John Fetterman on Rand Paul holding up Ukraine bill. <clears throat> So John Fetterman says this, we're, we're only here because of just one 
he said the word prick. And he decides that the rest of all of our schedules are and our lives and holding up this bill, getting to the house for all the, of this aid. It's incredibly frustrating and there's no work being done. It's just bad performance art. So let's take a listen to Rand Paul. They'll simply declare it's in our national security to send money to Ukraine. There isn't really a debate. I actually think it's the opposite. I think sending money to Ukraine actually makes our national security more endangered. I think it threatens our vital national security to send more money to Ukraine. Why? Because I think it threatens the fiscal solvency of our country. I think it, along with so much of the rest of the spending, is dragging America down and threatening a day of destruction. I agree, but it's, it's well beyond that. It's money laundering. It's corruption. So this David Sachs, uh, I want to play this clip. I haven't really heard this clip, but ask Senator J.D. Vance. J.D. Vance is the one that broke this wide open. Ron Johnson and Mike Lee to investigate allegations that Boris Johnson, this is a different one, uh, Boris Johnson and the Biden administration sabotaged the Russian-Ukraine peace deal at the onset of the war. Let's take a listen. Again, I think it's just tragic that the U.S. is using Ukraine as the pawns in their proxy war with Russia, and Ukraine is being destroyed as a result of that. Can I just add something to that? I, I'm old enough to remember when the Senate and Congress uh, passed the first $113 billion for Ukraine. And I remember very clearly that what was claimed about that funding is that it would be used by the Ukrainians to evict the Russians from their territory, <laughs> that there would be a successful spring or summer counteroffensive and the Russians would be pushed out of Ukraine. That was the objective. And that money was spent and the Ukrainians were uh, defeated in the counteroffensive. It completely failed. Now they're out of soldiers. We're out of artillery ammunition, and the lines are buckling. And like JD said, we're, there, there's no clear objective for this new $61 billion. No one is now claiming that this money will succeed in getting the Russians out of Ukraine. No one's even um, proposing that victory in this war is an objective anymore. All they're saying is, well, we just need to appropriate this money because we want to avoid defeat or we want to get to uh, a negotiating position with the Russians, which, like you guys are saying, we had at the beginning of the war. We had in Istanbul a draft agreement that was signed by the Ukrainians. Uh, David Arakamia, who is the leader of the Ukrainian delegation, said they had a deal uh, Alexei Aristovich, who worked for Zelensky at that time, said they were <laughs> popping champagne bottles because they had a deal. And then Boris Johnson flew into Kiev and all of a sudden the deal fell apart. So it seems like all we're trying to do now is appropriate money to get back to the place that we already had for free at the beginning of this war, which is a negotiation with the Russians. I guess my question for all of you senators is, could we get a real investigation, some congressional oversight, a congressional investigation of what exactly happened in that sort of March-April period at the beginning of the war, where, again, they had a draft agreement in Istanbul, and then Boris Johnson came in 
and the Ukrainians walked away. I mean, I would love for the Congress to be able to ask real questions of the administration in its oversight capacity, asking, what was your involvement in sabotaging that deal? Bingo. That, that is the right question. That's David Sachs. That's the right question to ask. So Tucker Carlson uh, was... <laughs> All right. I want to get... Here, here is Boris Johnson. He's, he's PO'd. Around the world, people are watching that ludicrous interview with Vladimir Putin conducting... Now, now, the wind you hear, he's like in a Virgin Island, like the British Virgin Islands, uh, vacationing. Bad optic, right? To respond to this ludicrous Tucker Carlson interview with Vladimir Putin by Tucker Carlson and we must not fall for this tissue of lies above all for the notion that Putin is somehow fated to succeed in Ukraine. On the contrary, he is doomed to fail. Read about it in the Daily Mail. So I can't believe that he even did that, right? I mean, that's just so crazy. All right, so... I want to play the Tucker Carlson clip. All right, so this is this is actually really good, but uh, it's 27 minutes, and we don't have 27 minutes, so that's the only thing, thing I'm debating on playing it. But I'm I'm going to play it, and uh, we might have to play the other half another time. And also, I'm going to take this call. Caller came calling in. Caller, you're on the air. Rob from Utah. Good morning. Good morning. How are you, my friend? I'm well. I would, I would, I would, I'm, I question was Boris Yeltsin on the flight list for Epstein Island? You, you know, Boris seen, Johnson, Boris Johnson. Boris Johnson, excuse me. The timing just seems just right with, with the Prince Andrew, Edward, or whatever his name, Andrew, I believe, too. Well, and, and when. The whole thing went down with Epstein Island. And well, have you Boris ever heard, the, Rob, down? have you ever heard the clip of Boris Johnson's dad talking about depopulation? No, I have not. Oh, my God. He wants he wants to depopulate England to the point where it's 75 million, he said. He said, I think we should be somewhere around 15 million. Like, like he wanted to, <laughs> I'm telling you, his dad is worse than he is. They're blue blood, Ivy Leaguer, um, Cambridge type of royals. Um, you know, they're, they're, they're mad. They're, it's madness. Boris Johnson is such a pig. It, it, so he, is, he, is, he is an awful, world, awful human being. If they want to depopulate the world, why don't they leave these people in their third world countries and let them butcher each other? Like they've been doing. Well, nobody wants to. Nobody wants to support, or or nobody wants that. But no. But 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 open migration is an exploitation of of slaves. Um, they're using these people. Like like if I take a, you know, like um, actually, you know, one of my favorite movies actually is Dominic and Eugene, and you know, um, one of the characters was mentally uh ill because he was damaged he he got injured 
by abuse from his father. And, and the idea was that he was played by these street people to carry, uh, deliver a book or deliver a backpack that had drugs in it. And he didn't know what he was doing. And they were using him. So, I mean, these open borders are all about drug trafficking. They're about sex trafficking. And they're about slave trafficking. And the financers of this is corporations that are going to benefit directly from the cheaper labor that's coming through the open border. And they're going to and profit from that. And getting votes. Yeah, and then, and then there's the ballot harvesting and the, the ballots and the registrations and uh, the push for non-citizens to be able to vote. All this stuff and the, the whole citizen question on the 2020 census. I mean, every one of that, it, all of that is to try to basically milk the cow uh, from every angle. I mean, we, we are on a trajectory that I, I don't, it seems like every day we're working up to battle our existence anymore with yeah. people. Yeah, we're fighting every for our day. lives and we don't even know it. We're, we're fighting. <clears throat> I mean, I have friends out here in Utah that for the first time in their lives, they're not filing taxes. They're like, I can't pay these people for this anymore. That's how bad the society is anymore. The cost of living, insurance companies just keep jacking up their prices. Every Since 2020, all my insurances have doubled. Are they trying to make up for all the people that took the jab and died and they had to pay out? Because some of the statistics I'm researching is insurance companies are now paying out more money and death benefits than what they're bringing in on an yeah. annual basis. I don't know. I'm, uh, well, I'll let you get back to your show. Thank you for your your time. Thank you for calling in. All right. Take care now. All right. Well, um, we are running uh, extraordinarily late for this. Uh, what is a 26 minute clip? <laughs> and I wasn't I wasn't sure I was going to play it anyway, but it's too long. I'm going to play a part of it. And I'm hoping that we get the great part. If we don't, if we don't, then I will definitely play more of it tomorrow. I'm going to listen to it more thoroughly and break it down and probably dissect it a little bit better than I did today because then today we're just going to go into it. But uh, this is a really interesting piece. So we're going to listen to the as much as we can of it. But we're probably going to revisit this in the next show. Why now? Well, I've been trying for three years to do this interview. Um, the U.S. government prevented me from doing it by spying on my text messages and leaking them to the New York Times. And that spooked the Russian government into canceling the interview. So I've been trying to do this, but my country's intel services were working against me illegally. And that enraged me because I'm an American citizen. I'm 54. I pay my taxes. I obey the law. And there was no expectation in the America that I grew up in that my government and its intel services, NSA and CIA, which were always outwardly focused on our foreign enemies, would be turned inward against American citizens. And I'm shocked by that. And I'm infuriated by that. And so once I discovered that that was happening and I confirmed it was happening and they admitted that they did it, then I was totally determined, monomaniacally dedicated to doing this interview, not simply because I want to know uh, what Vladimir Putin is like and what he thinks about a war that is resetting the world and really gravely damaging 
my country's economy, but also because they told me I couldn't on the basis of illegitimate means um, and for no really clearly stated justification. And I thought, that can't stand. I, don't, I want to live in a free country. I was born in one. And I'm going to do whatever small thing I can do to maintain um, you know, the society that I, 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 okay. I, Sir, I love. You are, you are known to be um, pro-Republican party, right wing of the Republican party. <laughs> this is what they claim. They said first you've been a Democrat <laughs> That's and not then true. became a Republican. Okay. Or you are known to be pro-Trump, anti-Biden. What is truthful in this? And you went to Putin because you are pro-Trump and anti-Biden? Um, I mean, my views are not very interesting. Uh, I would, I'm not sure how I'd characterize them. They're changing as quickly as the world itself is changing. And I, as a matter of principle, I, I think that, you know, that your views should change when the evidence changes and assumptions that you had in the past are proven wrong. That has ha happened to me virtually every month of my life. If you pay close enough attention, you can rate your own performance, just as if you're betting on sports. You know, I lost that one. And when you do, when it turns out that the things you thought were true were lies, you should admit it. So what are my views? I'm not certain. Tell the truth is my main view, and I plan to do that to the best of my ability. So um, Trump played no role in this whatsoever. There's a, obviously an election in my country coming uh, to fruition in November. I have no idea what's going to happen. I think that the current administration is very obviously incompetent and the, the president is senile. That's not an attack. Everyone knows it. Um, it has now been confirmed, I, I, I would say, this week uh, in, in the report that you're all familiar with. But, um, and that's very sad, but it, it had sort of nothing to do with the interview. I wanted to interview Putin because he's the leader of a country that the U.S. government is sort of at war with, though not in a, in a declared way. Sir. You know your president, President Biden, well. Yes, I do. You've been working in several media organizations from PBS, CNBC, MSNBC, Fox News, CNN, and you've been covering this field well, and you know the American politicians. And now you've been following Putin, and you did a very lengthy interview with this gentleman. And for sure, to interview them, you did your homework and you did your research. Comparing the culture, the competence between Vladimir Putin and Biden, how do you see the two men now uh, running the world? I mean, if this were boxing, the fight would be called by the medic. Um... So, and I say that as an American, and I'm, I don't have another passport. I don't plan to ever leave my country. My family's been there hundreds of years, and I love it. I am a patriotic American. And I grieve when I see that the president is non-compass menace. And that in my country, it is considered very rude to say that. And you sort of wonder, how did you get to a place where you have an incompetent president who's driven not simply the standard of living, but life expectancy downward, and no one feels free to say that. That's not a political observation. It's a statement of fact, which is provable empirically. And the most radicalizing thing I would just say for me in the eight days I spent in Moscow was not simply the leader of the country, who of course is impressive. It's the largest landmass in the world. And it's wildly diverse, linguistically, culturally, religiously. It's hard to run a country like that for 24 years, whether you like it or not. So an incapable person couldn't do that. He is very capable, and many of you know him, and you know that. 
What was radicalizing, very shocking and very disturbing for me was the city of Moscow, where I'd never been, the biggest city in Europe, 13 million people. And it is so much nicer than any city in my country. I had no idea. My father spent a lot of time there in the 80s when he worked for the U.S. government and barely had electricity. And now it is so much cleaner and safer and prettier aesthetically. It's architecture, it's food, it's service. Than any country, city in the United States that you have to, and this is not ideological, how did that happen? How did... By the way, I know people that have lived in uh, Moscow, and when I first moved from New York to Philly, then Philly to D.C., uh, I remember saying, this is the nicest metro system, yeah, subway system I've ever seen in Washington, D.C., naturally. Uh, the politicians give themselves the best. But what ended up happening was... Uh, I had friends from the State Department that were living in Moscow, and they uh, said the best subway system they've ever been in, the cleanest, the best, the most on time, was Moscow. So it's it's very true. This, this interview, um, we're, we're going to carry on with this uh, in the next episode of the Scott Adams Show, but... We're going to continue this. Did that happen? And at a certain point, I don't think the average person cares as much about abstractions as about the concrete reality of his life. And if you can't use your subway, for example, as many people are afraid to in New York City because it's too dangerous, you have to sort of wonder, like, isn't that the ultimate measure of leadership? And that's true. By the way, it's radicalizing for an American to go to Moscow. I didn't know that. I've learned it this week. To Singapore, to Tokyo, to Dubai and Abu Dhabi. Because these cities, no matter how we're told they're run and on what principles they're run, are wonderful places to live. That don't have rampant inflation, where you're not going to get raped. Sir, and excuse so, me. What is that? Excuse me. Are you anti-American model? No. I am the most pro-American. So I'm 54. I was born in 1969. I grew up in a country that had cities like Moscow and Abu, Abu Dhabi and Dubai and Singapore and Tokyo. And we no longer have them. And what I have discovered is that's a voluntary choice. As inflation is, as you heard in that fascinating last panel, inflation is the product of choices made mostly by the central bank, not exclusively, but by policymakers. Crime, same. You don't have to have crime, actually. If you don't put, my children don't smoke marijuana at the breakfast table. Why? Because I won't allow them. It's very simple. It's a short conversation. No. And you can run your country the same way. We're not going to put up with that. So don't do it. And people understand that. Filth, graffiti, Paris, one of my favorite cities, New York, one of my favorite cities are filthy. And part of the reason they're filthy is because people spray paint obscenities on buildings and no one cleans it up. Right. Clean up your own house. And that's what he, it's a brilliant interview. And so we're, we're going to, we have like 19 more minutes of that interview to go. We're going to carry that over to our next show. We're going to dissect it and enjoy it. Well, please uh, take a look over at magapack.org and find out how we're advancing America first policies to make America great again. Make a donation if you'd like to keep the Scott Adams show commercial free. And also use Red State over at MyPillow.com as your promo code. And we'll see you next time on the radio. Bye-bye, everybody.